taking back control of your farm. And we're talking about the decisions that happen on the farm, especially agronomically. Are you really making those choices or are you falling in the trap of hitting the easy button? That's what we're talking about in this episode of Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. Welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast, where you get a guaranteed return on investment of your time as we cut your learning curve with the information you can apply to your farming operation immediately. Extreme Ag, we've already made the mistakes, so you don't have to. Managing your farm's water resources is a critical component to a successful and sustainable farming operation. Advanced Drainage Systems helps farmers just like you increase their yields up to 30% with their technologically advanced water management products. Visit ADSPipe.com to see how they can keep your business flowing. Now, here's your host, Damian Mason. Hey there, welcome to another fantastic episode of Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. We're talking about taking back control of your farm, specifically about what happens out there on those acres agronomically. I've got Bert Riggin. He is with Concept Agritech. And I got Temple Rhodes, one of our extreme ag guys. And what we're getting at here is this subject came up in a prior recording with these two. And Bert brought it up about, hey, you know, there's so many decisions that have to happen on a farmer. So many different things that go on. Farmer can't wear all these hats. And eventually what happens is you've got the co-op, you've got the retailer, you've got the agronomic consultant, and they help you make these decisions. But the thing is, after two years, three years, four years, five years, they're making a lot of decisions and they essentially are more in control of what happens on your farm than you are. This isn't anything bad. It just happens over time. You probably know it, whether you want to admit it or not. That's what these guys are talking about. Bert, you brought up the topic and Bert, and when you said it, Temple started nodding his head and I said, let's make this another episode of Extreme Ice Cutting the Curve. So anyway, why, why'd you say it? Well, I was uh, up in Maryland visiting Temple and uh, we had some one-on-one uh, -on -one time there in, in the combine and, you know, conversations just kind of wandered around and, and that topic came up and Temple, you know, got pretty animated about it because he sees it going on. Um, and it's one of the things he's had to, to help try to manage too. You know, it's, it, it just, it just happens. Like you said, farmers, farmers have so many hats they have to wear. And they can't wear them all and do everything equally. And it, you know, I think in the last episode, I, I, I kind of, you know, mentioned the Walmart model, one-stop shopping. You know, essentially you walk through the door, you load a basket, you walk out and you pay for it. Um, the only difference is, is that when you're loading the basket, you're the one loading the basket. Um, in, in farming, a lot of times, you know, especially if you don't want to have a lot of equipment, uh, if you don't have a lot of labor, things like that, the the larger retailers and co-ops and some of these other things, you know, have the opportunity for you to take advantage of their equipment, their labor, as far as spreading or applying and things like that. But what can happen is, is that because you rely on somebody else to get all these things done, you wind up not necessarily being the major participant in deciding what exactly needs to go out and when it needs to go out. And since you're relying on somebody else's equipment, somebody else's labor and things like that, what can happen is, is that application doesn't necessarily go out when you want it to go out or when it needs to go out. It goes out when whoever your provider can yeah. get it out. 
Yeah. So it's kind of like that thing of we'll, we'll get you when we can get to you. And I understand it because they have a business to run also, ag retailer, whoever that should be, co-op. You know, they, they're trying to crank out whatever it is, tons of fertilizer, you know, uh, the sprayer the sprayer only can run so many hours a day and and then there's the weather and the wind and the conditions that even shorten those number of hours so the point is temple you understand it like yeah well they told me they're going to get to me when they can get to me but that crop needed this treatment three and a half days ago you're talking about real bushels and so again we talk about taking back control is in that regard it's that you couldn't control the timing of something and it cost you money it, that that happens a lot, you know. Um, you know, re local retailers in this area, whether it's you're making an airplane pass on it, or whatever it might take, you know, it it you are at their, you know, <laughs> you don't really have a choice, right? But I mean, and all those applications need to happen at a certain time. You know, here in Extreme Ag, we're finding out that all that stuff is so time sensitive. Mm -hmm. That at some point that costs you money. Let's just take, for instance, you know, the late season application thing that I did. I I figured it out on GDUs. Damien, you and I have had multiple conversations about that late season trying to dial in the exact GDUs. We did it on a uh, on a podcast. Uh, that thing there is so time sensitive. If you're not able to jump on that thing and get ahead of that, you you've lost money. I mean, it was a 30 bushel swing between 400 GDUs. Like that's how big of a swing it can go back and forth. So I, Bert's right. You know, the timeliness of it, the, the, the relying on somebody else, you know, taking back your farm, not only talks about the timeliness thing, it also talks about um, when you are in, in business, or in bed or in a relationship with your with a local retailer you have a you know a great relationship with them but they're also coming to you and saying hey i want you to use this product because the neighbor had that product and he did very well with it and so on and so forth well i don't take any of that testimony and the reason that i don't because all the data that i collect myself for my own you know farm that tells me what the next step is going to be that that adds to my gsp that adds all these things and all these things take a lot of time you know if you want to take back your farm and you want to take over that that end of it you you have to be more timely as well like not just more timely with understanding stages of crops all these things but you also got to prepare yourself for what's coming you can't rely on, you know, your local retailer be like, hey, my V N pass that I generally do on corn, it's usually X, Y, Z. I'm going to follow exactly what you tell me to do because it's in your warehouse and I could be putting on the wrong thing at the wrong time. How many times does that happen, Bert, where you've, you know, talked to a farmer and they said they used a micronutrient pack and it didn't work at all? which doesn't mean that it's not good quality stuff. It was just probably put on at the wrong time. So that's going to take some time out of the operators, um, you know, AKA farmer, you know, to actually do those things. And not only that, we're talking about pre-ordering 
things like you know you got to take that part of your farm back over if you pre-order something and you prepay for it you're going to get it a little bit cheaper and like this is a if you're not careful this you know it's not just about pushing the easy button this is not the easy button but it is the road to um higher yields in my opinion yeah, I just wrote down a few things here, Bert, and I want you to comment on them. The first one we talked about was timing of application. And if you don't have the equipment, in other words, Temple, these guys in extreme ag tend to be larger scale operators. They have, you know, they have their equipment. Some, most of them have a couple, you know, a couple sprayers, a couple combines, a couple whatever. But let's be real here. A lot of the farm operations have one or maybe none of those things, you know, I'm a, I'm a thousand acre operator. I can't afford to have all the stuff that the retailer has. So I, so you can understand and sympathize with them. Like, Hey, <laughs> that economically, I can't have uh, a dry spray, a dry spread rig, you know? So I do have to be dependent on the retailer. So let's just realize that some operators, the controlling the time of applications that might be a little bit out of their hands because of the number of acres or the capital expenditure. But then let's go to control of the products because Temple just talked about that. That's another one. You know, we kind of intrinsically know the ag retailer is going to sell you what maybe they have a little bonus from the manufacturer. Hey, let's face it. Uh, I, I, I do really well with this particular manufacturer. Yeah. If I sell more of their crap, I get to go to Acapulco with my wife come January. What about the product control of product? So, you know, part of this, this whole thing we're talking about, about taking back control of your farm means that the, you need to be aware of what your farm needs. And that if, if you've been doing the same thing for 10 years in a row, and let's say you're satisfied with, with how your retailer or co-op or whoever treats you as far as the applications and all that. But if, if you haven't been able to increase your return on investment, then you need to take a look at, am I using the right products? And, that's where that's where you need to sit down and you need you need to not be afraid to go outside and get somebody else to take a look at what's going on to maybe try to help shepherd you give you some other options give you some things some ideas that you might need to be looking at because again it's real easy if somebody else is pulling your soil samples they're sending it off to the lab and you get a report back. And basically only thing anybody's keying on is down at the bottom. And that's how many tons of something per acre that needs to go out. But is that really what you need to have for your farm? And so part of taking back control of your farm is sitting down and you taking a look at that data outside of recommendations that are printed on the bottom of that soil sample test and, and bringing somebody in to say, hey, would you take a look at this? Do I need this? Do I need to make some changes? Because, you know, like I said, we're, we're not trying to kick big retailers. We're not trying to, you know, accuse anybody of being lazy or anything like that. It's just with so many things going on, I think what, what we're seeing more and more often is, is that people are relying on something that that in the past has worked 
But if you're not making those gains, if you're not increasing your profitability, um, you have to take control of that back and you have to bring somebody in that can give you some, you know, a different, a different perspective. I want to throw it to Temple because there's a thought that I just had when you were going through that, Bert, on the product. I don't know that these, whether it's an agronomic consultant or an employee from where you buy your stuff, I don't think they're trying to screw you. I don't think that they're, I think there's just that, hey, when, when Temple said, you know what, down the road, we use product X and product X works pretty damn well. We use product G, product G works pretty damn well. I think that's probably true. They probably have, and, and they can't possibly be an expert on the 160 different products that they have access to. So they know they had good success with that. And it's kind of like what they know. And maybe that's the thing. When you talk about taking back control, it's because you're taking back the the knowledge. You're, 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 you're saying, I get it that you, this is supposed to be your expertise, but I think you got really good at being a seller of product G because that's what you know. Temple, you thought that, your thoughts. That, that that's that's very true. You know, one, the retailer is only going to sell you what he has in stock, and he's only going to sell you what he has the most in stock of, right? So it's not their fault. They're doing their job. How many times have you heard of um, farmers taking advice from their salesperson or whatever? knowing that their salesperson doesn't even have an agronomy degree. But when you, when you, I, this is what I've asked a lot of the salespeople that have come up here and tried to sell me stuff. Um, how many acres of corn or beans or wheat or whatever have you grown in your lifetime? Oh, well, I, you know, I've helped, you know, grow hundreds of thousands of acres. Well, how many acres of them have you been at risk at? Because you're asking me to be at risk. Yeah. Um, and you don't have an agronomy degree and you're just going by what um, you have in stock. And you're also going by now. I mean, that's not how it is necessarily in my community. I mean, in my community, you know, we're lucky enough that I've, I've got great people, but I've, I've surrounded myself, right. As a farmer with people that I have relationships with that have great agronomy backgrounds, um, that, that just have been in my life for years. And when all else fails, I call them as like, Hey, I need to know about this. Here's an idea that I have. Here's this, here's that. Here's some tissue samples that I had from last year. Here's my soil samples. How can I prove this? How can we get better? So if you can have that, but having done that, like every retailer, every company, even if we're talking about concept agritech, there's not everything in their portfolio can facilitate my needs. No. So it does create a lot more work when we go and pull and pick and play. Um, there's one other thing I want to make a point out to Damien, you know, you said something about sprayers, you know, large scale farmers, you know, we've got sprayers, yada, yada, yada. Well, that that's actually true. Um, and the problem is, is, you know, let's say that uh, I'm a small scale farmer and I don't have um, a sprayer, but I want to use concept Agritex, you know, you know, whatever um, product, because I think that it will improve my farm. Well, the problem is, is if I take that to a custom applicator and say, hey, look, I need you to add this in, they they don't want to do that. And it is a problem. 
Now, having said that, I'm not saying that every small scale farmer out there needs to go buy a sprayer, but we've got guys that are, um, you know, Russ from Tennessee, you did a podcast from him not too long ago. He told me that he's 100% thinking about buying a sprayer and he's a small scale farmer, but he believes after doing what he did this year with different programs throughout Extreme Ag and some different products that he talked his retailer into adding into his mix he made that much of a difference that he's going to, he's going to get his own application rig that he can apply on small acres. You know, small sprayers aren't that expensive and sprayers last a long time. So there's, it's, it's not saying that, that, you know, just the large scale farmers can take back over the farm. These small scale guys, they can a hundred percent take over their farm. And these guys have made a big bang for their buck because you know, you got to remember the small scale guys, they have more of a tendency to make a bunch of changes because they're trying to make more on less acres than what large scale farmers are. Large scale farmers need that easy button because they don't have time to do all the rest of the stuff. Well, you maybe, know, maybe, maybe I got to say that sometimes the small guys that I can think of smaller scale farm operations do what the retailer tells them because they aren't as maybe they're working in town and have 500 acres, you know, whatever, that kind of thing. So they tend to be a little bit more uh, influenced by who they do business with because they think, well, I don't get as many sniffs, you know, I I don't farm 10,000 acres. So I don't get everybody, their sister coming to my, you know, my office and calling on me to try and get my business. Let's talk about the uh, other aspects about decisions. Bert, you're in the business of advising. You are agronomically educated. You have been out here for 35 years doing what you do, and you do work for a company. So it's not, you know, there's probably that thing where it's like, I should probably go ahead and tell them to use the heck out of Concept Agritech's products. But you do that once. <laughs> and, you know. So, you know, Damon, in, in, in my career, um, I've got to I've got to put my head on my pillow and I got to go to sleep at night with a clear conscience. And anybody that's ever worked with with me or any of the other agronomists at Concept, and a lot of other good agronomists across the country, you're going to recommend what the farmer needs, whether you're, the company you're repping for sells it or not. Because if they need it, they need it. If you maintain that level of honesty and that trust, and are free with your information, and and make sure you explain the why. I can go out there and say, man, yeah, you need to use this product. Man, it's so great. But if I can't explain the why to that individual, you know, why it's going to work on his farm, why it's going to give him the benefit, then I'm just a glorified salesman. Mm -hmm. And that's not how agronomics are supposed to work. You know, Temple Temple brought up a point there, and I'm going to just touch right back on the, the equipment thing. If you got 500 acres of corn and and just by changing that one application, making that correct GD, GDU application at 30 bushels difference at $5, you know, $5 corn, 500 mm-hmm. acres, that's $75,000. How many years is it going to take for you to completely pay for a sprayer in order for you to make that application? That's the thing that, that you know, Part of being an agronomist is respecting the economics and trying to help guide management decisions. Everybody wants to think about the here and now. 
But when you take a look and say, you know, in five years, if I can just average 20 bushels an acre at $5 corn, a $5 corn on 500 acres, mm -hmm. that goes a hell of a long way in getting you a good sprayer. And like Temple says, that's an investment that's going to last a while. So, you know, run the numbers. Yeah. Don't so there, there's that thing about equipment. You're talking about the control part of it, taking back control. So the economics are what probably it's probably the risk or the economics or just the ease that are the three reasons you, you, you lose control. Does that sound right? Temple. Okay. The three reasons yeah. that somebody else is kind of making decisions, even though you've, you know, you grudgingly, the farmer will grudgingly admit, yeah, you're right. I'm not really as in, in, in trolls. I once was, it's either the, it's either the capital outlay for equipment or whatever. It's the easy button or it's the, maybe it's a lack of knowledge. Maybe it's like, I got too much stuff to cover. I I, I can't possibly be the expert on all this. So wh what are the reasons when you think there's things that you're not in control of as you'd like to be, what are the reasons? I mean, it's mostly it's ease to be honest with you, Damien. Like um, we find a tendency to push the easy button. And we also all have, whether you're a large scale farmer or you're a small scale farmer, you've got that relationship with your local retailer or whoever, and you trust that guy. You know what I mean? Like he's a part of your family. You trust that guy. So you, you tend to go down that road. And, and I found myself in that predicament, but let, let me give you a, for instance. So there's a, there's an extreme ag member, um, that is local to our community. And he, 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 matter of fact, you did a podcast with him not too long ago. And he kind of, he would be the greatest one that, to be on this because he went from his father having um, given all the control to a retailer and he took over all that control. You know, one of the things that they didn't have was they didn't have a lot of technology then, right? And then they didn't have a sprayer. Well, Charlie just so happened to add all those things and he took that farm back over and he's a great example of that. And he started putting on these products. Now, did it create more work for him? Like I said, yes, he needed to pre-order things. He had to find a different dealer that had different things that our local retailer couldn't supply him. So he found a way around all that and started getting all those shipments of different products in, but it changed the way that he farms. It completely changed the way he farms. Now he's finally satisfied. Now he's like addicted to agronomy, addicted to all of it. Like he's, he's so out of the box. I think you have to get yourself out of the box. And I think education plays the biggest role in this, whether it's extreme ag starting to help yep. that journey of education or whatever it may be, you have to start educating yourself so you can make better decisions for your farm, not for anybody else's, for your stuff. So Bert, he's talking about Charlie Leaguer, who is an extreme ag member in Maryland. I recorded something with Charlie and he talked about the story of coming back full time into the farming operation after his father died. The reason his dad was on the easy button was because his dad was in his seventies. The reason his dad was not in control is because probably some of the technology got away from him. his dad still had the assets. His dad still wanted to be the farmer, but his dad said, heck, I, I got to admit, I don't know about this. So all of a sudden you start seeding control. Uh, mm -hmm. And, and that's, kind of what we're talking about here you see it you see it all times so what's your advice i want to take control i want to take back control of my farm it's a topic that you brought up how do i do it so one of the first things you can do is convince yourself that you are not an island in the middle of nowhere 
there are people in the exact same situation you are. Temple hit on it. It's education. It's out there. You don't have to pick the phone up and call me. Pick the phone up and call some of the guys that that are successful in your area. You're you're all peers. You're all farmers. Start with that peer group and start asking questions. Who do you talk to? How do you do this? It's it's not like you know getting grandmama's secret biscuit recipe. These guys, you know, that everybody wants to be successful and find find those individuals that are willing to sit down and talk to you and share some things. Once so you once you get that established, then you can start branching out farther and go to recognized individuals in the industry that will take the time and sit down and and you know again bring education to you, bring options to you, not just agronomically, but financially, mm -hmm. all of the different aspects that make a successful farm. But you got to get it out of your head. You're not an island. You're in a community, and you need to take advantage of that community. Temple uses just, that word a lot. I, I was going to go down, you know, compare this to any other thing. Uh, all right, I've got an estate attorney because uh, we set up some stuff. Now that you start having to where you you have some stuff, right? You know, land, farms, whatever. And I can tell you that while I went to that person and sought their expert opinion, I also asked other people that I know who have stuff <laughs> mm -hmm. and said, what did you set up and how did your professional preparer do it? So that way it's kind of like, I will trust the professional, but I'm going to also find out what other people that have done their thing successfully have used their professional prepare for. So it's almost like, even if you have an agronomic consultant, it wouldn't be bad for Temple to say to uh, Chad Henderson, what is your agronomic consultant telling you when you're dealing with this? I mean, this is kind of like comparing, you're comparing your own thing and also what the professional advice tells you. Do you do that, Temple? I think you do, don't you? Man, man, you have no idea. I mean, every day is a learning seminar for me at some, um, some kind of way, whether it's sitting on a tractor and listening to Damian Mason for crap's sake. I can't, I can't believe I'm going to say this, you know, on the cutting curve podcast or, you know, your business of agriculture thing. I listen to it all the time. I probably shouldn't admit that either. Um, but the other thing is, you know, he was talking about that peer group, you know, the peer group that I'm involved in is, is all the members of extreme ag. And I can't tell you how much I learn from them. And they think that they're learning from me. That is a, peer groups that's what they're there for they're learn they're there for everybody to spit off you know to spin something off each other so every day i'm talking about something and i'm educating myself whether it's agronomy whether it's business whether it's equipment what whatever it is i'm constantly like trying to be that sponge and pulling in and trying to make my my farm better the only reason i'm trying to make my farm better is so i have something to to pay us on i've got that education and that that piece to pass on to, you know, the next generation. When you talk about this, Bert, you see this all the time from your perspective. I just wrote down things that you lose control of. We talk about applications or application windows, and that can be an issue of timing. It can be an issue of weather, but it also can be an issue of, I just do whatever the, my ag retailer, you know, when they said they're going to be hitting my neighborhood sometime in the third week of June, that's what I went with. Well, again, you miss that by four and a half days, it could be a hell of a difference. Control of 
product choices. We know that that's the one. And again, I'm not so sure that it's a sinister thing. I don't think that these company reps are trying to screw you. I think that they generally go with what they know. I, I compared, I was wrote down this. You ever go to a restaurant and they have a really good menu and then the poor waiter, the waitress, that's kind of not a great uh, personality. You're like, what do you recommend? Well, no, our burgers are probably good. I'm like, you got 90 things on the menu and you said our burgers are probably good? That's like the rep that shows up at Temple's Farm says, I don't know, a lot of guys are using this. You should use this. I'm yep. like, is that the best you got for me? It seems like the product is one that's as important as anything. Well, uh, it, it, I, go I, ahead. Well, I mean, essentially. No, what, I was going to say, you know. What it boils down to is you – there are, there are so many products out there and technology didn't stop with our equipment. It, yeah. it, it went into our fertilizer, our pesticides, our herbicides, our fungicides, there's technology in everything. Yeah. And like you said before, Damien, technology can get away from people. So, you know, education is always going to be the key. And yes, if you go to a Ford dealership, he's going to want to sell you a Ford truck. He's not going to be repping for a Dodge, you know, so spread it around. Don't be afraid. You're not going to insult anybody. You're not going to hurt anybody's feelings. At the end of the day, you're looking out for your operation and you have to do your due diligence. And that's, that's one of the big things is, you know, I, I, I liken farmers to, you know, fishermen, Right. You got everybody in the world, you know, you, you're, you're catching fish the whole time. The farmer's got, got to be the one to determine whether or not he needs to keep this fish or throw it back over the side because he's, he's got a limit, you know, and your limit as a farmer is what your budget is, how much money, how much money you can lay out every season in order to be successful. So when you're catching or having all these fish come across the side rail of the boat, You've got to be the one to, you know, take a look and sort out which fish you want to keep so that you maximize your catch and still stay within your limit. And that just, that comes from experience. It comes from being involved and, and, and wanting to have that curious mind to see what is out there that you can take advantage of that's going to propel your operation to the levels that you want it to be at. Pimple, you talk about taking back control. Thanks, Bert. When you talk about taking back control, I wrote down a couple other things here. All right, so first off, get multiple opinions. And then you say, all that does is make me more confused. And, and that's that's the other thing. I can see a farmer saying, I got so many things in my head. I just had to go with somebody. That, the reason I gave up control on this decision was because there was too many, too many choices and I was overwhelmed. I can see that. So, I, I, well, we just talked about products for a second there. Um Let's just say this, and, and and I'm gonna say it like this: all snake holes do work. You know, like there, I don't know how many times I ah, it's a snake hole, that's a snake hole, blah blah blah. They all, all work. It's just where, when, and why. Right. Why do they work? And it can same thing can be done about foliar fertility. They all will work, but where, when, and why? So, all farmers out there, here's how I can sum it up for for everybody to kind of get started. All farmers have a successful program right now because if they didn't, they wouldn't be farming. That's, that's as, as volatile as the markets can become. We wouldn't be farming if we already don't have a great program. 
The secret is, is to get a little bit of education, collect your data, and use one piece that you think on your farm, on your dirt, can make a difference. Put it in the trials and start using that thing. You know, you'll find one here or there that all of a sudden can be your grower standard practice. And slowly but surely, you're going to take back over your farm because it's going to set you down a different path than just following somebody else's recommendation every time. This is your own recommendation of what you think. And if you're having trouble making that decision of what product might be where, that's where the relationships come in. Reach out. You know, uh, listen to something on Extreme Ag. Pick up the phone. Call Burt Regan. Call whoever. But somebody will answer the phone, and they'll answer these questions, and they can fine-tune it and help you work through it. It's one product that you're going to trial. Collect the data. You might be surprised what can happen. I like that, and we could probably leave it there. But Bert, I you're the one that brought up the topic, so you you're going to summarize the whole thing, taking back control of your farm. You're the one that said it. It struck me. I wrote it down. I wrote down my notes because that's what I do. And I said we got to come in and hit this. Get me out of here on this. A summary on that. I'm a farm guy. I'm gonna. I'm finally admitting, which is hard. Admitting admitting that you've let go on control is probably the tough part. You know, we talked about Charlie's father. He didn't want to admit that he was no longer in control of some of these decisions, but he wasn't. So I'm sure that admitting admitting yep. that you're not in control of some of these things is probably the first uh, the first <laughs> first step. That, that's true. And like I said, you know, you can't you can't change everything all at once. Temple made a great point. You know, choose your pain point. Figure out what's your greatest limiting factor. Get some help. Get some education. Get some trials in there. Utilize your support group. That's everybody else in the farming industry. Start in your community and start going outward. Education is the biggest thing. You know, you can't change everything at once, but you've got to make a positive step in one direction. And it's not every choice you make is not going to be always the right one. So don't be afraid to say, well, I tried that. I gave it three years and it didn't do anything. I need to look at something else. But if you want to get your operation to the level that that like Temple and a lot of other these very successful people are, you know, then you're going to have to start making some changes. And, just, and Temple's 100 percent right. You're in business. You're feeding your family. You're contributing to the community. You are being successful, but how much are you, are you leaving in the field that you could possibly be putting into the bin and making, you know, making a better life, not only for you, but your community? Really there. I think there's also the confidence, have, have confidence in the fact that you can make the decisions to be in control of the uh, operation. And that's where the knowledge comes in. So you guys both did a great job on that. All right. His name is Burt Reagan. He's uh, my second favorite Mississippian behind Mac McAnally. If you're, uh, if you're wondering who that is, a uh, longtime contributor to the Jimmy Buffett Coral Reefers and a great songwriter back where I come from. My favorite song talks about being, I'm proud. I'm a proud Mississippian. And I hope you are too. Anyway, uh, he's with Concept Agritech, one of our business partners. Uh, go and check out their stuff at Concept Agritech. Tech is with a K, conceptagritech.com. And then, of course, Temple Roads, uh, who's just awesome, all around general awesome. I mean, when you look up awesome in the dictionary, there's a picture of him with his headset and various and various notes written on his hand because he gets overwhelmed. You he's must got, you must need something this week. And he's got cow he's got cows well, in the background. He's coffee and he's he's just anyway he's awesome. 
awesome. Anyway, my name is Damian Mason. If you like this, share it with somebody that can benefit from it. That's why we're here. The reason we invented, the whole reason we invented Extreme Ag was to be a platform to help you up your farming game. Hundreds of videos just like this, hundreds of audios, Cutting the Curve podcast that I've produced, videos that Temple and the guys shoot out in the fields. If you want to take that to the next level beyond just watching all of our library of resources, you can become a member, $750 a year. That's it, $750 a year. And if you do this, you'll get exclusive content. You'll get access to the guys for questions and answers to go a little more in depth. You'll even get benefit offers, like for instance, going to Commodity Classic uh, for free if you're a member. That's one of the pitches that you'll get. So anyway, uh, go to extremeag.farm. Till next time, thanks for being here. This is Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. That's a wrap for this episode of Cutting the Curve, but there's plenty more. Check out extremeag.farm where you can find past episodes, instructional videos, and articles to help you squeeze more profit out of your farm. Cutting the Curve is brought to you by Advanced Drainage Systems, the leader in agriculture water management solutions. 